Hello and welcome to this Saturday series. I'm Molly. And I'm Sarah. We are two friends that are passionate about all things spirituality and wellness. We created this Saturday series to share inspiring teachers, stories, and information with the world. Every Saturday, we sit down to chat about spirituality, mysticism, meditation, wellness, and mindfulness. We hope you enjoy this Saturday series. Hello and welcome to this very exciting Saturday series with the one and only Sarah. I am so excited about this one. I am excited about all of them, but drum roll please, Sarah, what are we talking about today? Astrology. Yay! So let me start out by saying we are not experts. <laughs> this that is, is not true. our specialty. <laughs> but Sarah is going to give us a little overview of astrology with some fun facts. So astrology can be very complex, but we're going to try and make it really fun today. And just to give you a little bit of an overview, the concept of the zodiac originated a couple thousand years ago and was very influenced by the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, and basically it resulted in a mix of traditions where the 12 zodiac symbols were associated with the 12 houses. So different fields of experience associated with the different planets and the four classical elements, earth, wind, water, and fire, which each sign is attributed to. So that's mm. sort of just a baseline, a little bit, a little, give you a little bit of a taste about the zodiac, but it's, it's yes. obviously gets much more in depth than that. So in depth. Oh my gosh. So in depth. So Sarah, what is your sign? So I am a Gemini sun with a Sagittarius rising and Sagittarius moon, which means I was born on the full moon. Here's another fun fact. Many cultures believe that the full moon's pull on a woman's amniotic fluids increases the chances of her giving birth. So that's really interesting. Okay, that's amazing. In anticipation of this episode, I looked up famous Geminis. (laughs) Kanye West. (laughs) Oh, it's a great one to start with. Angelina Jolie and Marilyn Monroe. Okay, that makes Mm -hmm. me happy. So just so that you know that little fun fact. (laughs) And I would love to ask you, Molly, what is your sign? Okay, so no full moon that I know of. My birth chart and history is a little unknown, but I am an Aquarius. My mom kept changing the date. Well, not the date, but the time of my birth. And she would say it's in the morning, it's in the afternoon. So what I know is that I am an Aquarius and I share that with Oprah, with Harry Styles and Ellen DeGeneres. Okay, you guys, I have been begging her to tell, get her mother to tell us what her time of birth is because I just feel like there's just so many details that I need to know about this incredible (laughs) woman. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. And I do feel the Aquarius in me though. I feel like that has definitely guided me. Do you feel the Gemini? Mm, So that's really interesting. This is something I've been working on for the, I would say quite like more deeply the past year, I actually always really struggled to identify with Gemini because 
Gemini's are said to be very out there, super social. um, And I always felt more introverted. So, you know, when I found out my other signs in my birth chart, that kind of made a little bit more sense to me. But growing up, I I kind of called it a Gemini wound. They're always known as like the two-faced sign or like the the bitchy sign or whatever. So I, I was always kind of sad to be a Gemini, but the past year I've been kind of working on healing that wound a little bit. And, you know, I am really adaptable and Um, I can carry conversations with lots of people and that's a blessing and a gift. So love to my Gemini. Yes. Yes. Ah, so do you use astrology in your daily practices? Like, do you incorporate it in meditation or your rituals? Uh, I definitely incorporate it in my rituals. So depending Mm -hmm. on what sign a full moon or a new moon is, I try to sort of use the elements of that sign within that ritual practice. So tomorrow is a um, full moon in Aquarius. So Aquarius Mm -hmm. is the water bearer sign. So I'm definitely going to be using water in my ritual. So, you know, just simple, simple. I don't don't get too too in-depth with it. I just try to use whatever energy that sign sort of encompasses within that ritual. How about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's kind of new for me. It wasn't something that I paid a lot of attention to, but... In working through Wild Minds, I had to start creating the daily horoscopes and incorporating more of that wisdom and the moon cycles. And I definitely mm. feel my Aquarius energy has guided a lot of the practices that I do in terms of meditations and what I'm building and co-creating and manifesting. But I've really gotten more into it. And I love that, that using the different energy, like the Leo time, we did our new moon circle and it was so powerful and fun. So I'm learning a lot about it. Yeah. I mean, astrology can be extremely complex. Our birth charts are like, it's honestly Mm -hmm. unbelievable if you look into the amount of detail that is in your birth charts. I just find them fascinating. They consolidate dozens and dozens of data points and ultimately depict the sky as this neat and orderly circle punctuated by all these shapes and symbols and which represent different things. So it's really fascinating to me and you could spend a lifetime learning about astrology. Ah, you could. So I want to do an overview of the signs because this isn't something that I knew a ton about, but I know it's so basic for a lot of people. So I think it's a Mm -hmm. good starting point. And obviously you mentioned water, fire, earth, and air. And I'll start Mm -hmm. with water. Is that good, Sarah? So water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And they're typically more emotional, more sensitive, intuitive, mysterious, maybe a little bit, I think, supportive, intimate, uh, fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And they're all about the passion, the high energy, the adventure. They're physically pretty strong, usually intelligent, creative, And just something to think about while you're listening is that signs with the same element are usually compatible because they really understand one another, but signs that are opposite typically have like a really strong attraction. Um, So that was kind of interesting that I was thinking about. So just sort of following on from that, the earth signs 
Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. These are very grounded signs, loyal, practical, great with the land. I often actually think of them as being quite abundant. I think that they have the capacity to manifest abundance more than other signs. And then the air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, free-flowing, intellectual, great communicators, adaptable, and I think are more easily able to be in touch with the divine or higher Mm. realms of power. Oh, wow. And we're both air signs, which is why we are so compatible. Yes. And we (laughs) we have the same life path number two. (laughs) I know, which is incredible. So you touched upon it, and I don't know a lot about this, so I'm excited to learn more. What is a rising sign and what is a moon and what are we talking about? (laughs) I will try to break it down simply. Again, I'm not an expert, but this is sort of a, a good baseline. The sun sign that you have represents ego and motivations. The moon governs your emotional nature and your rising sign speaks to the energy that you put into the world okay okay (laughs) and everyone's like well what does that mean um i'm not really sure (laughs) the different things do different things essentially wow there's so much to it so your chart is just so expansive and i think we just yeah we almost i don't want to say hide behind or we grab hold of our sun sign and we're kind of like that's it for us but it makes sense that there's just so many facets to this I love that yeah so I'm a Gemini sun with the Sag rising and a Sag moon so um, they say that Gemini loves to ask questions and Sagittarius Mm. loves to answer them which is really interesting because those are opposite signs in the zodiac. So they kind of marry together in a way. And I do believe that I'm always going on quests to find answers to my own questions I find. So I really definitely identify with that. And I'm, oh, Molly, like I wish I knew yours because there are just so many interesting sides to you that I think don't necessarily represent Aquarius. (laughs) So I'm like, what? Like she's got a little bit of a fiery side, I feel like. Oh my gosh. I am frightened. (laughs) I'm frightened to figure out more. My whole life, I've been like, I'm an Aquarius, I'm an inventor, this is who I am. And But how cool to learn more and to get really, it is a science. I mean, there are degrees of things. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's so complicated. And I've actually never had my own birth chart, you know, read for me before. So that's definitely something I've been thinking about doing recently because it is just, oh I need someone to just sort of break it down for me. Yes. So I want to talk a little bit about compatibility and matches because I know that we're so excited because Gemini and Aquarius are really good matches. Mm. Some of the best people say in the the Zodiac compatibility. And we really have this mental and emotional connection that's so special. And one thing when I was doing a little research for this episode, I found that 
Gemini and Aquarius feel like they've known each other for years, which I just love because that's been our experience. And truly, we've only known each other since May. And it's like, that's not possible. Like, there's just no way. Well, yes. I mean, I think that our friendship goes so beyond the Zodiac as well. Like, I feel like she, I say all the time, I feel like she's my soulmate in friend form. But yes. Yes, oh, it is amazing yes. that we both happen to be two of the signs which get along the best. Mm-hmm. That's great. Ah, oh, yes. You have a little bit more information too, right, about our bond and our connection. So yeah, Gemini and Aquarius are both air signs. So they have a lot of very similar interests and they tend to be a great combination. They never sort of run out of things to do together. They're called the intellectual discoverers, which I think is so true. And me and you are always learning together and finding out new things, especially for the podcast. So I definitely feel like that is true. Yes. I was just thinking if that's why we are able to collaborate and work together so easily because we are that air sign and we can, we understand one another. We have the same work styles. And I would be so curious if people opposite signs are just like they cannot work together. That would be so interesting. Well, that is true. But then there are other ways where I feel like you definitely push me out of my comfort zone too so it's it's very (laughs) exciting Aquarius often needs someone to understand their big Mm -hmm. ideas and Gemini is that someone along with being the type to stimulate those ideas in an intellectual conversation so they very much help each other grow and also give each other space to do their own thing which I definitely believe is what makes our friendship work so well I mean I just want to be with you all the time (laughs) but you know that is really true because I call you like 50 times a day and probably 10 of those calls I'm like I figured out my next big idea (laughs) and you're so patient and you just listen and you're like sounds great mall good good job well because and yeah, and Aquarius have a ton of ideas that flow through them. Actually, most of the air signs do. Like you have ideas that flow through you quite quickly. Yeah. Not all of them necessarily land, but your need to communicate them with mm-hmm. somebody is is strong. You have to just say it, even if it doesn't necessarily yes. land on the earth. <laughs> As many of my ideas do not. <laughs> That is so hilarious and great. I was doing a little research of other Mm. uh, best friend matches and I did discover Cancer and Pisces, water signs with the cosmic connection, uh, really solid bond. So that was interesting, but I didn't know any, I don't really know any Cancers. Um, I don't know many Cancers either. Cancers, I believe, are are sensitive and emotional, though. I've heard that throughout my mm. life. I actually, before I found out was I was a Gemini, until like the age of 12, I thought I was a Cancer. So I remember always going to the crab picture oh, really? and reading about Cancer <laughs> before I realized, oh, my gosh. oh wait, no, my date, <laughs> that date's wrong. That's not me. And I heard Leo and Sagittarius are meant to be uh, great friends, both both fire signs, adventure and loyalty Ooh. and all that good stuff. 
Yes. Do you know the worst, like the worst friendship connection of the Zodiac? I don't know the worst. Ooh, Tell me. What is I'm it? I'm so curious. Gemini and Virgo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Gemini is, is very free-flowing and Virgo is more orderly and kind of likes a plan. Yes. And Geminis usually just go with the flow, whatever. So that could be problematic, I could see. My research said that Gemini will feel like Virgo is like parenting them. Was <laughs> it like takeaway? <laughs> yeah. And then on the other spectrum, Virgo could feel like Gemini just can't make up their freaking mind like oh, that's let's true. just have a plan and stick to it like wait where are you going like come back like we're supposed to be doing <laughs> this right now that's actually yes. so true <laughs> goes both ways that's very true so what about compatibility in in terms of couples I've heard that Virgo and Capricorn is like a very power couple mm-hmm. together um Aquarius and Gemini have heard, but we're friends, not lovers, but they're meant to be on a quest together to find things out. Sagittarius and Aries, ride or die, like we'll go to the depths together and make it out alive. Leo and Gemini, I do have a little experience with that, but (laughs) (laughs) that didn't go well. It didn't go well. It went well in some ways, just not in all ways, but they can be a great match if they can figure out their stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Any others, Maul? I... My research said that Cancer and Scorpio were considered like the best of all time because they have similar goals, but they're really different. So it's like this dynamic, passionate affair, but it's balanced and it's beautiful. And then also Pisces and Pisces, which I thought was interesting. Apparently that's like a soulmate, like really deep, intuitive, like strong bond and very serious. So that was kind of interesting. Actually, that is interesting because a family member of mine, her, well, they're not together anymore. So maybe this isn't the best example, but (laughs) they are both Pisces and she you know, even though it didn't work out, she always says it was like the soulmate of her life, like just such a deep connection. But then, you know, you and your husband, I believe are deep soulmates and you guys are Aquarius and Pisces. So I don't know. I know. I I know. It's so interesting. And the worst ever, which I mean, how much do we really know? I think anyway, you know, it's so highly dependent. And also, as you mentioned, you're rising, your moon. I mean, there's a lot of facets here, mm-hmm. but the worst ever is said to be Taurus and Scorpio. <laughs> I guess they can be like completely toxic together, which is interesting because they want such different things and they will never be able to like satisfy each other sexually and like very interesting. And if anybody is listening and they have a spouse that's and those let are your sides, let us know because opposites also do very much I attract. Know, so we could be looking at a completely different experience here. Right. Let us know. Now I'm curious. Now I'm like, let come on and talk with us because I'm dying to know. <laughs> also, Aries and Aquarius. Did you say that one? I don't, I'm not I don't know, sure. but exciting partners, adventurous, trying new things. They're not bored. 
So that's kind of interesting. Do you know the one sign that's most likely to cheat on their partner? Oh, I do know this because I looked it up. <laughs> Wait, it, well, it. it's funny though because different research that oh, I true. saw said different things. But I actually did read Gemini. <gasps> oh, I didn't see that one. I saw Capricorn. Yeah, very likely to cheat because Gemini is very easily bored in a relationship because oh. they're quite flighty and they need to express themselves a lot. And also Aries. Aries is very fiery and very sexual and quite aggressive. So I read that too. So it's different. It's interesting that you read something different. I know. I know that's so interesting. And also while I'm thinking about Capricorns, I discovered that they're the least common sign which I thought was really interesting. Oh, I did not know that. Apparently we're pretty balanced. Like all of them have similar amounts of people, but Capricorn is is the least amount, least common. Wow. So I wonder what the most common is. That would be interesting. Oh, I should have looked that up. (laughs) Leaving you on a cliffhanger. So tell me about the role of the planets, because this is, I mean, just an overview, though, because this is something we could talk about for a really, or maybe we couldn't, because we really don't know. <laughs> okay, well, uh, he give us a brief, <laughs> a brief overview. But again, this is, this is where it gets very complicated. But the planets represent our basic drives or urges in our subconscious. So they can dictate energy flow. And obviously the planets move through the different zodiac signs, which bring forth different emotions or states of being. So, you know, you often hear, oh, Mercury's in retrograde and things like that. And that affects people's, like the whole population that can affect the whole population's mood. So it's just different states of being and and how those interact with the signs. That's sort of a baseline. I'm not going to, I don't want to say anything more because I'm not an expert, but I I believe that's sort of the the gist. Yeah. Yeah. And also circling back a little bit, but there is also the issue of the missing 13th sign. So the 13th sign, which corresponds to the constellation of Ophiuchus, I think that's how you pronounce it. Don't come at me if I'm wrong. But it, Ophiuchus is the serpent bearer, and that sign allegedly falls between Scorpio and Sagittarius. And over 2,000 years ago, this constellation was deliberately left out, though the sun clearly passes in front of it after passing in front of Scorpio. So I don't know why they were very adamant they wanted 12 signs and they didn't want the 13th so who knows but that would certainly change things for me (laughs) yeah and 13 is such a like that number holds a lot of Mm. weight yeah that's so interesting I just got a little like goosebumpy no oh my gosh if there are any (laughs) experts that could tell us a little more about that please find us and talk to us because I am fascinated let us know Yeah. So we kind of talked a little bit about this, but how do you incorporate the practices into your life in terms of like, do you do moon gatherings? I know we've done them. What about, I know you garden a little bit. Yeah. So an ancient agricultural practice is moon phase gardening, where you plant according to the moon's phase. 
but you can also plant depending on the moon's zodiac phase, which sort of takes it to a, a different level. And there's very detailed charts about this online. I, I would be here forever if I was to go through it all. But in general, you know, good moon signs to plant in are Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, Taurus, Capricorn, and Libra. And barren signs to plant in are Leo, Virgo, Aquarius, Gemini, Aries, and Sagittarius. So if the moon is in those phases, you should not plant mm. because you will not have a fruitful year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and while we're on this, it's a little bit different, but for women, periods and the moon, if you can be somewhere where there is no light pollution, a woman's cycle will sync up to the lunar cycle perfectly. Because a woman's menstrual cycle and a moon cycle are roughly the same number of days. Coincidence? No. Wow. Um, so you would typically bleed during a new moon and be very fertile during a full moon. Yeah, that's how my cycle is. If that's too much information, I am sorry for everyone listening. It's but. not. We've got to normalize periods. <laughs> yeah, we talk, do. Everybody. Let's, talk, let's get into it. Yeah, isn't that so cool? Yeah, so on a full moon, the, the moon would illuminate the land when there wasn't electricity and people would be out and about and frisky and making babies. And then yeah. when it was dark, women would often come together in homes and braid each other's hair while they bled and wow. things like that. So there, yeah, this is ancient practices which go back thousands of years. That is so interesting and fascinating. I have loved... That's one of my greatest gifts I think that I've received in the last few years is this connection to moon cycles and to learning more about it and to incorporate ritual practices in terms of like letting mm. go and releasing and manifesting and it's just such powerful work and I know that's kind of not exactly you know in line with the zodiacs but it's just really interesting and you have this like deeper connection and I love yeah, it. Yeah, so for people listening that might not know, usually on a new moon or when it is dark outside, you would do a ritual to banish negative thoughts and ideas from your life and plant seeds for things that you want to come to fruition or to manifest. And then on a full moon, you usually would honor those manifestations and celebrate as that would be the completion mm -hmm. of a cycle. Oh, I, yeah, it's so important to me. And I just, I love it so much. It's been such a deep practice now of mine. And I can't imagine like not acknowledging the moon cycle now because it's so powerful. And once you really are aligned with that work, it just, it changes so many things. The energy becomes so powerful and you, you start to make connections too. Have you felt that Sarah, where it's like, Oh, maybe I feel this way because like, it's more, there's a connection to the collective and this, this underlying power and energy that's all around us. So I could get into that for days, but I just love it so much. Well, it's definitely true. I mean, when I was on my spiritual journey and, you know, I'm a little bit different that in that I really kind of love the rituals and definitely that sort of witchy community mm -hmm. the moon gatherings and moon cycles were probably the biggest part of that that led me to community because um people often gathered together to celebrate the different moon cycles through ritual and that really led me to community and to 
I don't know, just honoring spirituality in that way. So it definitely holds a very special place in my heart. Some of my very first rituals and spells that I ever did were under a full or a new moon. So yeah, it's it's definitely very special to me and one of the biggest parts of my practice for sure. Mm, yes. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Not Me to too. take a fully opposite turn here, but I want to get into some fun facts because you know me and my facts. I oh, love yes. them. Here we but go. I'm just, you actually know this, but maybe the listeners don't know this. Two signs produce the most presidents, but you think that now it's, there is a first place. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure, but... Aquarius and Scorpio are tied first with five presidents apiece, but I believe that the source I read that from, that was that was before Biden was in office, so he is a Scorpio, oh. which would bring Scorpio to first place with six presidents. <gasps> That's cool. I know, and Gemini is really low on that list. I think they have like two. <laughs> <laughs> did you look up the the most billionaires no i have not read that one yeah Tell me. so this is interesting libras and oh, aries oh wow yeah i could see aries being a billionaire sign because aries can be quite mm-hmm. take charge fiery like yeah. they know how if there's a sign that knows how to get something done it is aries yes also gemini and aquarius like we don't make much money <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely true because no. you can't I for me anyway I can't make up my mind on what I even want to do in life so that we're abundant be- Sarah we're abundant in love and wisdom and friendship and our quest for knowledge yes I actually think we're very lucky and abundant and we just are letting we're not letting our zodiacs hinder that whatsoever well I am just so glad you feel that way you're gonna inspire me now to rake in the billions yes exactly we're coming for you (laughs) libras and aries also what do you think the sign that is most likely to work out is okay you're gonna Uh, know this one well it's got to be one of three i i can narrow it down to three i think it's either aries because aries are quite physical leo because leos are leos and, or Virgo, because Virgos are very meticulous and they love their routines. Is it one of those three? Leos. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I love how that one, I was just like, Leos are Leos. Like, that's Leos are Leos. That. <laughs> yeah. This has been so fun. Do you have any final facts? Um, I think we hit on a lot yeah. of the facts that I had. I mean, I don't know what else to say apart from, uh, unfortunately, my sign came up for me as the one most likely to cheat. But I think that that's no. just... You would never. I would oh. never. No, this is so fun. It's really fun to think about and to learn more about other people. And I find myself like looking at people's charts and I know Corey's chart and it's just really fun 
yeah, it's really fun to get into. So I'm so excited to hear from the listeners. And again, let us know about your matches and uh, what your sign is. This has been great. And if Molly's mother is listening, (laughs) we need to talk. I need her birth time. I am just desperate to find out more about my best friend. I need to know everything. So let us know. So let us know. In this state of New York, I do feel for her. It is not required to document no. the time. So my poor oh my mom, God. I it's in a baby book. We just have to, we just have to get on it. So we're going to get on it and it's going to be great. And I can't oh, please, wait. Please. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been amazing. Thank you, Sarah, as always for being here. And thank you to our listeners for being here and just enjoying in this space and conversation with us. We are so grateful. To this community, to you, Molly, you all bring me so much joy. And I hope you all had fun listening to this conversation about astrology. And until next time, I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. My co-host Sarah and I would like to thank you for listening to this very special Saturday series. To keep in touch with us or ask questions, we invite you to find us on Instagram at Witching Earth or at Molly Loves Mornings. To support our series, we ask that you leave us a review and a rating. We would be so appreciative. We are grateful to share in this space together and chat about all things wellness and spirituality. Thank you again for being here and we will see you next Saturday.